welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I want to welcome everybody that's watching this on video, that's watching on the internet, um, that might be watching the TV. Uh, thank you for tuning in, for being a part of this. We're one church, multiple locations, and we're excited you're with us, using every way we can with technology to reach more people. And uh, we are starting a series today called Hashtag Original Slang. How many know where we're going with this? All right, we're doing Hashtag Original Slang. Now, that, that hashtag is there on purpose. Because we want to use Twitter to get this out to the world. And I want to say this, that in this series, um, we would like those of you that are on Twitter to send out tweets. And uh, some of you are looking at me like I'm speaking a foreign language, but that's okay. And uh, for those of you that are doing Twitter, uh, to send out tweets with that on there, that hashtag, and put original slang. If you're saying something about the service, if you're saying something this week that stands out to you, if you're trying to advertise for the service coming up, Put that out there, and what it is, it's a trend topic, and other people that are on Twitter all around the world will start to see what's trending, and they'll see that hashtag, and as they see original slang, they'll see that, and maybe people that are on Twitter uh, will tune in, will listen to a sermon, will see what God's doing, maybe God could change lives just simply by building momentum with the hashtag. So that's why we've called this series uh, the hashtag mark uh, original slang, and so we're looking at original slang or idioms, if you will, because I know that uh, slang is like one word that has a different meaning in culture than its original word, and an idiom is like a group of words that, when put together, have a different meaning or a different context than they did. So we're looking at slang or idioms in this series and uh, that come from the Bible. Now, when I started reading this, um, and I'm doing, you know, just devotion time, and all of a sudden I see some of these statements they stood out to me. Well, then I got curious, and then I started looking for more of them and more of them. More. Then I started realizing there's a whole bunch of things that are in the Bible that we use in our, in our culture that we talk about, and I thought it'd be great to say, here's where this comes from. Here's where this uh, phrase comes from. Or here's where this idiom comes from, or here's where this slang is from, and kind of use it as a creative way to uh, uh, just share something new from the Word of God. So today, we're looking at something called uh, the fly in the ointment. Now, I know that a lot of us don't use that. You know, some people might say a fly in the ointment, but just give me just a minute with this. A fly in the ointment also gave birth to the statement that we use kind of one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Have you heard that one? Okay, that's probably more popular. But see, one bad apple that spoils the whole bunch is not in the Bible. So if one, the fly in the ointment is, and that's why I'm doing that one, all right? But it's similar to this one. Like, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Have you heard that one? So that's another one of these things. But today I'm going to focus on... It's the fly in the ointment. And I want to let you know we're going to do one more thing with this series and I'm holding it in my hand. Um, we are going to give everyone a little fly button. 
I think we have it on the screen. You could show it. It's a little fly button. It looks like a, it's just a real fly, all right? And it's symbolic of the fly and the ointment. We want you to wear this button uh, as you go out in your day. And then as people ask you why you're wearing the fly button, um, you'll have an opportunity to talk to them about the sermon. And then you'll have an opportunity to invite them to church. And then you never know what God will do when you start a conversation, right? You just never know. So some of you are like, I am not wearing the fly button. You, <laughs> come on, man, work with us. And some of you are thinking I have like an insect, insect thing because, you know, we did the, the locust there and, and the grasshopper. Now we did a fly, you know, cricket is next. I don't know. But anyways, we're, it's just a creative way. And, and you got to know my heart in this. My heart is just looking for ways for people to make conversation. Just giving you opportunities. I pray all the time that God will give you opportunities to share your faith. That he just in a natural way that God will give you an opportunity. That you don't have to go out with a program. You don't have to go out, can I talk to you about four spiritual, you know what I mean? And I love four spiritual laws, but in this culture, that doesn't resonate. But it seems like a button or in my mom's case, a tattoo. But anyways, it could work to talk to people. So hopefully you can use the button. All right. So if you have your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 is where we find this fly in the ointment. And Solomon, in his wisdom, remember, he's the smartest guy on earth. He has all this wisdom, and he's writing the book of Ecclesiastes, and he's giving wisdom out. And one of the things that he says in Ecclesiastes 10.1, he says, dead flies putrefy the, perform- the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. Then he says, so does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. He says, the, the, the fly in the ointment is going to make it stink and those of us that have something that is good, wisdom and honor, those of us that have as, as followers of Jesus Christ a testimony, we have something that's good, that should be really smelling good to the world. He's saying a little bit of folly can ruin that honor, can ruin that wisdom, can ruin that testimony, just like the fly ruins the perfume. So it's something that really stands out. It really does make sense with one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those things that are there that, that are just, uh, bo- that bother us, that cause us to not have a good smell that we need to have. You think about it. One moment of folly can change everything. And folly is when you act with foolishness, without sense, when you throw away your good thinking and your wisdom and you do something really dumb. Think about it. And that folly can define you. How many know David's folly defined him? It's like David and Bathsheba. And we're like, oh, yeah, he was doing so good until, you know, there. Samson and Delilah. You know, we've got these things where the folly, I mean, think about it. And I know this is way worse than folly. It wasn't a, 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 a folly moment. It was terrible. But think, O.J. Simpson, you don't think, oh, yeah, Heisman Trophy winner, great rusher, Buffalo Bills. You think, oh, man, murder, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. I mean, you're, you're thinking all these other things, a moment that defines. There's famous preachers that are defined by a moment of folly in their life. And so Solomon has given us some great wisdom here, and he's saying that that little folly can ruin everything. It can ruin everything. Now you think about it. One wrong choice in purity, one, one wrong choice in morals, one wrong choice can just change our, it. Just one. Just one. 
Now, when Solomon was writing this, you know, the group that he was writing to, they knew that they needed perfume. They needed this ointment. And it was kind of like, um, kind of like a mixture of perfume and lotion. And uh, what they would have is they would have like a chemist or a, a pharmacist basically would make this. And he'd put it all together. You've got to remember in their day, they didn't have deodorant. They didn't have running water. You know, they could run down to the local drugstore and get stuff. So they had people that would make this stuff, and this ointment was really important. It would be their lotion. It'd be for their face. It'd be like their hair gel. I mean, it was kind of like a one thing fits all, and it would smell really good. And certain people would mix it together and have a great smell, and they'd be, oh, this is a little more flowery, this is a little more spicy, this is a little more this. And so Solomon is speaking to people that understood this. Now, what he was saying, though, is one fly could get into the mix. One fly would get into it and ruin the whole thing. Now, here's the deal. How many know that flies are attracted to good-smelling things? You know, flies are attracted to things that smell good. I mean, they smell the perfume. They're like, oh, I like that. You know, and they start showing up. How many know flies are attracted to picnics? They smell good. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're all over it. And I got to tell you this, after doing research on flies with this series, I don't think I ever want to eat potato salad ever again. I'm just saying. I mean, I learned about flies. I mean, when they land on the food, they start to, like, spit on the food so that it, I know, it's terrible, so that they can liquefy and suck it in. So, I mean, even if you're thinking, like, I don't know how much he did, the first thing he does is spit on your food. That's just terrible, right there alone. And then I learned that the thing that's nasty about them is the little pads that allow them to stick to the ceiling that's so cool. Uh, those little pads are full of germs. So many germs, like twice the amount of germs as cockroaches. I know. And cockroaches were like, ew. And like flies were like, well, they're everywhere. All right. But they're nasty, nasty little creatures. I've learned that, you know, they, they flap their wings like 20,000 times a minute. And for some reason, they're the only insect that has two wings instead of four. I don't know why, but they are. I learned a lot of things about flies. And seriously, the more I studied them, the more I was just like, that's sickening. That's sickening. That is just, I, I, getting grossed out, I was like, okay, okay I just got to get past this and be like, okay, Lord, you created the human body to handle some germs. I can still eat potato salad, all right? Are we good with that? All right. Anyways. I don't know. I got distracted by the sickness of flies here. Just let me think about where I'm at. Anyways, all right. So he's saying they're attracted to this perfume. They're attracted in there. And they want to land in it. And the, the pharmacist has to be really careful that he has the place blocked off, that the flies can't land in there. Because if they do, it's kind of a milky substance. And they would land in it and they get stuck. And when they get stuck, if he's stirring it up and doesn't pay attention, they get in it. And then when he goes to bottle it, that rot is in the bottle. And then when somebody opens the bottle, he says, do you want to bottle this? And they open it up. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. That's terrible. And no sale. It's over. And that one little fly, I mean, he worked so hard, so hard to have something that would be attractive to the world, so hard to have something that was so attractive, and the one little fly ruins it all. Now, let me say this. Some of you are following Jesus Christ, and you're working so hard to be attractive to the world. You're trying so hard to be a good fragrance to the world, that God is good, that his grace has been applied to your life, that you're following him, and you're working so hard. And Solomon would say, if you don't watch it, one little fly, one little thing that happens could ruin it all. 
You could just ruin it all. And they can't smell the grace of God on your life because the stink is too bad. The stink's too bad. Now, let's be honest. We go through life and we say this, well, Pastor Rob, I'm going to get rid of the really big sins. We rank them. We say, these are really stinky and these are not as stinky. And so I'm going to get rid of, like, for sure, murder, I will not murder. Pastor Rob, that is not in my perfume. <laughs> Adultery, that's not in my perfume. That is not in there. Uh, theft, no way. That's not, we, we get these big ones. Lord, they're not in my perfume. But when it comes to little ones, greed, we're like, well, you know, it's just a little lying, gossip, envy, all of a sudden, we're like, well, you know, those are little. And Solomon would say, those little ones, those little ones that didn't make your list, those little ones stink and can ruin everything. We have a tendency, though, to say, but just, Lord, they're just little ones. They're little sins, and, and they're just small. How many know that little sins lead to big sins? How many know that it's just a little spark that can light the whole boundary waters on fire? We're seeing that right now. One little thing that all of a sudden can do all this damage. That's exactly what Solomon is saying. It can ruin the whole bunch. Little sins multiply fast. Did you know that? Fast. I found this out about flies. A little batch of flies can produce two billion flies in one year. I know. It's sickening. I'm not into flies, all right? I learned this too. In northern Minnesota, if you were to take one square mile of northern Minnesota in the summer or any deep woods area, really rural deep woods area, there are more insects in that area than there are people in the entire world. Some of you are like, I know, I've been camping, you know, I got, you know, I got it, I got it, you know. So you think about it, they multiply and little sins multiply, 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 and they're going fast, 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 fast. That's why Solomon's saying this little fly can putrefy the whole thing, can make it all bad. How many know it's just the little stone in your shoe, that little pebble, that little grain of sand? You're just like, oh, and you're like, I got to stop. I got to take the shoe off. And you're, oh, get out of there. How many know a little chigger? Anybody ever had chiggers? How many know a chigger? You've not had chiggers? All right, chiggers are terrible. And they go right where your elastic is, which right on in right here, and you're and they get there, and you can't see them, and you itch all night, and you scratch, and you itch, and it's terrible. Little tiny things that can ruin your time. Solomon's saying that little things, little things that can ruin it all, and it may not destroy your soul. Okay, it may not destroy your soul. It can't take away from the grace. Okay. But here's the deal. How many know it can annoy your spiritual life? How many know that it can make it stink? How many know that it can take away your joy? How many know that it can take away your peace if you have a little fly in your spiritual life? How many know it can take away other people's peace? Let me illustrate this for you. Uh, this is something I can't stand as a pastor. I, I've, I've learned to get used to it, but I hate it, and I've learned that we have... Just we're all in grace and we're all trying to move to be more like the Lord. But here's what I don't like. I don't like when there's somebody that I think is doing a great job living for the Lord. They come to church and they're doing the Sunday, Saturday best and they're, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah. They might be even working around here and doing stuff. 
And then I'm out in the community and I'm talking with somebody and all of a sudden they say, oh yeah, I work at so-and-so and I'm just take a shot. And I say, well, do you know so-and-so? And they go, yes. And I go, because they go to that other church. I mean, yeah, that's what I want to say. But I say, well, they go to our church and they go, oh. And they kind of get that face like, Ugh. like the stinky flies there. And they're kind of like, oh, because you think they got perfume and they stink at work. They stink here. When they're in this area, they stink. There's, yeah, pastor, we should talk. See, because you've received grace, and you're living in grace, and you're on your way to heaven, and all of a sudden, that little stink that's there, that little fly, that thing that you've said is no big deal, the thing that you've grown comfortable with, when the world opens up your life, they smell it, and it stinks. I know, I know, I know, I know. We're not perfect. And it, and it, I love it when people say, wow, they go to your church because, you know, I know what they used to be. And they'll say, like, they're making progress. I, I like it because they're saying they're smelling a lot better than they used to smell. Thanks for having them shower. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're saying, like, spiritually. But I hate it when we think you're doing great and you're not doing great. And, again, I know none of us is perfect, but there's a lot of stink. There's a lot of flies that are ruining the perfume of God. It's one thing to have them there and know they're there and be looking for them and trying to get them out of our life. And it's another thing to grow comfortable and think that one fly doesn't matter. It's no big deal. It's a very, very different thing. Now, in this, I, I, I just want to say this. If you don't realize this, the world only focuses on the fly. Have you noticed that? You can have all this great perfume. You can have all this great stuff going on in your life. But the world goes, yeah, but what about the fly? You know, I, I can't stand that every time, you know, oh, but what about this? What about that? And I'm like, I know, I know we've got that, but look at all this over here. They're like, yeah, but what about that? Because they're focused on that. And, and the battle that we're facing is one that they're going to try to negate the beauty of God. They're going to try to negate how awesome he is. And when we go out there and live a stinky life, all of a sudden they have ammo. It still doesn't give them an excuse because God's good no matter how stinky our life is. But I tell you what, they just focus on the fly. And I, I had this illustrated so much. When I was in St. Cloud at my first church, I was hired to be the youth pastor, take care of the youth group, and then they gave me the assignment of the softball team. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I get to run the softball team. And you could see all the deacons at the meeting going, okay, don't tell them how bad the softball team is. And they all walked out, you know. And then I found out that our softball team was the most hated team in St. Cloud. I found out that everybody thought our softball team was the worst because we claimed to be the church team and we were the worst team in the league. We fought with more people and in the championship game we had a close call at the plate and we got called out and lost the game and our guy picked up home plate and threw it at the umpire and you know the big thing went on and everybody's brawling and all that. That's why I got the softball team. Okay? And so we were defined around town as the team that had the bad or the church that had the bad softball team. And they said, it's your job to change the perception. It's your job to do this. First of all, I couldn't even get anybody to join the team in our church because they were so embarrassed by how bad the stink was out in the community. Nobody even wanted to join the team. Then when I finally got people to join the team, I said, guys, any close call, we're not going to argue. We're not going to argue. We're going to let it go. I don't care if we lose every game. We are going to be so compliant and so nice we're going to bring flowers to the umpire. I mean, we're going to do whatever we have to do. We're not going to be that team. It took three years to turn that thing around. 
took three years of living good and having a good softball team for us to finally be a new team, but still known as, you guys used to be. Now, that's okay. I'm okay with you used to be, but it's not good if it's you are now. It's not good. They only focus on that, and so our goal is to be less stinky. Now, I'm going to use a word that some people recoil against, but it's the word holiness. God is calling us to be holy, to be set apart, to be more like him to get rid of the things that are unholy, that are not like God in our life. And some people hear the word holiness and they get like a rigidness because you think of certain dress codes and you think of certain rules that you have to follow. And I'm not going to sit here and do that today. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you that God wants you to have holiness in your life. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about the flies in your life spiritually that stink, that need to go. And what he wants you to do is get rid of the things that stink. And when you do that, you are pursuing holiness. You are being more like God. Now, the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. He says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. He's saying we need to do this. We need to purify ourselves. It's a New Testament example of that Old Testament scripture. And he's saying we need to purify ourselves. We've got these things. and, And the way that he writes this, he says right now. Right now, while the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, when the church at Corinth would read that letter, the way he wrote it was, right now, not tomorrow. Right now, you need to clean things up. And the example that he uses with that word is really like a gardener taking the weeds out of a gardener. He's saying the weeds are ugly. The weeds are killing the good fruit that needs to come out. And he's saying, right now, purify yourself. Get it out of your life. Take care of it. But we don't do that, do we? We say, well... How about after the movie today? Then I'll do it. Or, you know, I kind of got some things planned over here, and I kind of enjoy that sin a little bit. And so we play around with it, and we excuse it as it's not that bad, and we put it off. We say, someday I'll deal with it. And the Apostle Paul would say, right now, right now, purify yourselves right now from everything that contaminates you. And he's not talking about the fly in the ointment. But he's talking about everything that's on the inside, the spiritual things that are, are contaminate you, that contaminate you. He's saying, right now, purify them, get them out. And he, and he was really saying in this, the things that contaminate you, not the outside. Don't go and get a haircut. Don't go and buy, you know, a new wardrobe and, and get a suit and tie and come to church with your Bible under your arm. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, take care of the stinky stuff on the inside. There's, there's stuff that contaminates you on the inside, and he's saying, get rid of it. And then he says, perfecting holiness, which means we're in a process of becoming more like God. A process of becoming more like God. We're perfecting holiness. We're moving towards wholeness. We're moving towards God day after day after day. And then he says, in reverence for God. Not because we're, we're like, okay, God, you're going to really be angry about this one, so I really want to make sure I... Okay, I know, I know, holiness, wrong attitude. The right attitude is this, holiness, God, I get to be more like you. 
God, everything you've said for me to do that I've obeyed has brought me closer to you, has brought me more joy, has really brought me abundant life. Lord, I want to do this out of reverence for you, out of love for you, because as I do this, I draw closer to you. God, I want to do this uh, out of reverence for the call that God has on your life to go out in the world and smell good. That you say, God, I want to get rid of all these little things because I want to go out in the world and smell good. I want them to see how attractive you are. I want everyone to know that God loves them and that they can have eternal life. And I don't want my stink to make grace look bad. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Let's do this. Let's have a, a happiness towards holiness. Let's want to do it because we'll smell better to the world and more people will come to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now Solomon, in, in chapter 10 here, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but if you want to dig in and you want some study on this, each of the things that he says in chapter 10, right after he says the fly in the ointment ruins the perfume, each of those things were like cultural sayings that they understood. And I don't have time to go into all of them, but let me just say one on verse 2. He says, the heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Now, in their culture, the heart was the place where their emotions were. And so he's saying the, the fly that causes the perfume to stink, it makes it all bad. He says right away in verse 2, the heart, your emotions... If you're smart, you're going to go to the right. You're going to go to the good. You're going to have your emotions under control. If you're bad, you're going to have your heart, your emotions go to the left, out of control, and that's going to stink. And each verse in there, there's little cultural things that he's saying. And again, I don't have time to go into all the details. But he's saying if you have contempt for authority, one of the verses, he's saying if you have contempt for authority, that stinks. And that's like a fly in your testimony that stinks. What do I mean? If your president didn't win, and you're out in the community going, I hate the president. I, hate, I can't stand the president. I hate the president. I hate the, okay? He says, that stinks. You have contempt for your authority. If you have disrespect for your teachers and you're a student, that is, is a stink out in the world. If you have a, a, a disrespect for your boss, if you have contempt for your authority, it stinks. It stinks to the world, and God's saying, get it right. Solomon was given all these things. He's saying, if you have a bitter spirit, I hate this person. I hate this. And maybe somebody's done terrible wrong to you, but you say, I hate my ex. I hate him. He's saying, that's a stink. That's a stink out in the world. He says slothfulness in chapter 10. He's saying, if you're out there and you're supposed to be a good worker and you're supposed to work hard and you're lazy, he said, that's a stink. You make God smell bad when you are lazy. We don't have time to go into all of it, but evil speaking. We did a whole series on you said what? And our speaking, how many know that our speaking, gossip, makes your testimony so stinky. to the, It's a little fly, but it stinks up the whole thing. How many know that lying, when you're not a person of your word, haven't you hated this when you go to do business with somebody and you go, hey, trust me, I'm a Christian. They go, right, I've heard that before. We don't even give credit to Christian. I mean, you know, it's like, it's made the whole thing stink. Because we don't stay to our word even if it causes us harm. We just say, you know what, I'm getting out of it. I'm going to keep my money. I don't care. I don't care if I defraud you. I don't care if I lie. I don't care if I do this. My word doesn't mean anything. It stink. All these things would be like spiritual bad breath. Out in the world, where you're going to talk, hey, I want to talk, oh, whoa, whoa. You need a mint, <laughs> you know, you need a mint. 
the stink coming out of your life is so bad, I can't even talk to you. I pray that God will convict us of the stink. I pray that we'll start to look at this and say, God, we will purify our lives. And if I can give just a couple examples real quick from my bug study. Simple thing to get rid of flies, keep your area clean. Come on, if we want to get rid of flies spiritually, let's keep our lives clean. Okay? Uh, If you want to get rid of flies, it says keep your house secure. Don't let the flies in in the first place. How about that spiritually? Let's keep the stuff that's nasty out. Let's not invite it into our home and then wonder why it got on us. Let's change, it says change the dirty laundry. We could change the things and make sure we're in prayer with God and, and washing ourselves with the water of the word. It says use bug spray. Come on. And if that doesn't fail, use a fly swatter. Can I just tell you, this is your spiritual fly swatter right here. Boom. You know? It is. It's right here for you. It's right there. It's some good analogy. One thing that I would just say is, deal with it immediately. When the person was making the perfume, if a fly was in there, immediately scoop it out, get it out. They'd get it out immediately. They wouldn't wait. They'd get it out right away. They'd just say, take care of that. Let's take care of it right away. Let's get rid of these things. And let's let God look at our lives. I pray that we'll uh, avoid the fly zones. I pray that we'll avoid the areas and we'll stay away from those things. I pray that we'll use the word as the spiritual fly swatter. God, your word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's, that's spiritual fly swatter for you. That little stink that causes the world to just walk away. It's got to go. I pray that we'd have friends that could speak into our life. That could help us with the areas that stink. How many know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had a friend come up to you and go, dude, you need a mint? Huh? You need a mint. You need some gum. You need a mint. And they hand you one. Uh, I got your back. You're like, really? It's really bad? Yeah, it's terrible. Trust me, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Or or how many like a friend that goes, hey, uh, and you're like, what? You got something there. I don't want you to, you know, you're like, oh, thanks, you know. How many like that? Some of you just went like this right there. You just did that. (laughs) little reflex action. But I pray that you have a friend in your life. I pray that you have pastors that will speak into your life and will say, this is there. It's got to go. You got bad breath. You got something on your face. You got something in your teeth. You got, it's got to go. I pray that you do that. And lastly, I pray that you'll do what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. You'd ask God to search you. This is what the psalmist said. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. That's something we ought to be praying. God, look inside me. Is there something there? Lord, what stinks? What landed on me? What, what got its way into the perfume of grace that needs to go? And we could be that type of people saying, God, what needs to go? And I'd love to see this at all of our campuses. I'd love to see prayer time, even where we're not praying with the prayer team members, but we're praying just up at the front because God said that stinks and we want to go confess it and we want to do business with God and we say, God, that's got to go. Thanks for convicting me. I'm not waiting until tomorrow and I'll be a person that will always come forward for prayer saying, God, that stinks and it's got to go. I'm praying that we'll do that. We'll say, God, let's get rid of the stink so that it smells better to the world 
and the world smells how good you are, and they can't help but want to be around you. They can't help but want to get what we have. Let's get rid of the stink, and let's be the perfume that God has called us to be.